American United Federal Credit Union can often help when others won't. They can often approve loans even if you've had trouble being approved in the past. Qualifying for membership is easy. Learn more at amucu.org. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.375%, APR 4.65%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 2.13% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 30. Welcome to Ideation Collective. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, we've got founders of Convoy, Ken Free and Trent Mano. You know, the most valuable resource that everyone has is their time. And so everyone, especially if you're successful, everyone's very cautious about how they spend their time. This is another episode of our Innovation and Leadership series where we interview pro athletes, world-class musicians, CEOs, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. Before we get rolling, we want to invite you to get involved in the charity our founders helped start called Child Rescue. We work to combat child sex trafficking in the U.S. and globally. The top project you could help with now is in Cusco, Peru. There are 20 girls that the local government rescued but didn't have anywhere to keep them safe, so they put them in jail. The government has said that they're willing to give custody of these kids to the aftercare facility we're helping to expand now once we raise enough money and build an extra building there. To learn more, please click on the Child Rescue tab on our website, which is iCollective.co. So with that out of the way, let's get to the interview. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thanks for no having problem. us. Thank you. We uh, Obviously, Michael Zaro is also a founder, but we're going to get him on a different episode, so he'll, he'll have to wait. Stay tuned <laughs> for that one. Um, so for people who don't know what Convoy is, uh, Trent, do you want to tell us about sure. Convoy? Con- yeah, Convoy is a basically a group that we bring together entrepreneurs um, and other high achievers. And the idea is that we bring them together for three or four days, go to a uh, normally a tech hub around the country and ha- have them experience some things that they wouldn't normally experience um, some and meet some people that they wouldn't normally meet and basically break down barriers and help them to build real relationships and, and accomplish real things for their business. Well, you know, I remember, so, you know, CEO of Big Monocle, the creative agency, Amy Stellhorn, when she told me about the trip, she was like legitimately excited about the format. And she's like, you should come with me. This is going to be great. Um, And what I think is fun is that, you know, this isn't a natural byproduct of of your regular career. It's not like everybody who does what you do got into this. Talk about, talk about the, the genesis of this from, from financial planning to your own startup here. Yeah, I started, um, started as a financial advisor about six years ago. Um, you know, just like everyone who starts in financial planning, they're just hustling, grinding, not making any money at all. Um, trying to figure out a way to make it work. Um, and you know, got started in working with, with CEOs of tech companies and, uh, and startups and kind of as a result, got asked to be on the board of our local chamber of commerce. Um, and, you know, they asked me to, to start a program to, to attract tech, tech and startup people, um, brought them together through a, a lunch with six or seven CEOs. Basically the, the ideas came together and became, um, tech ventures, which eventually became, became convoy. That's awesome. And now Ken, you started out as a participant 
right in these in these trips before you got more involved at the operational yeah, that's level? Correct. I had been uh, running a startup company and was invited to come along as a participant, and I uh, just was really impressed with the the people I met, the experience that I had on the trip, and and uh, I've always been really passionate just myself about. Uh, creating great experiences for myself and for other people and, you know, the memories that come from that and then re- the relationships that are built. And so um, started, you know, just kind of having conversations with Trent about feedback, you know, for the trip or things that I would like to see. And, and uh, you know, eventually we kind of got into talking about it so much that Trent invited me to, to you know, kind of come on full time and help lead these trips. So it's been been a lot of fun. And will, will you talk about that for a minute about the people like this, you know, the way that you curate this? Yeah. So, um, we, we try to be really, uh, exclusive is not really the right word, but just careful about, uh, who, you know, who we let come on the trip. Uh, it started out, you know, when Trent was originally doing the trips, it started out as, you know, tech and startup CEOs. Um, that's, that's generally the kind of core group that still comes, but, but, who we're really looking for are people who are doing interesting things uh, in business or potentially in other fields uh, and high achievers, you know, who we're, who we're looking for and people who can kind of hold interesting conversations as well. Our goal with the trip is to put, you know, enough smart people in the room together that they can help each other solve problems and that they have something they can relate to each other with um, so they can form a re- real relationship. If, if it's people who, you know, don't understand or have empathy for what the other person's going through, oftentimes that makes it difficult to form long-term relationships. And so um, we'll try to be very careful about, you know, which, which company leaders we let come in, what, what are their high performers, even if it's somebody from a big company um, who we feel like maybe a jerk or something, like just because they're successful doesn't necessarily mean they'll get to come. Uh, and so we try to really curate who those people are. And because of that, I think that's why the people – you know, the business leaders and other high performers that come uh, really find value out of that and, and are able to create those, you know, long-term relationships. Sure. Now, you you started a couple of companies and you've actually made the switch back. You're over at Billion Dollar Plural site these days. Um, but thinking about this idea of, of intentionally being in the kind of environment where those kind of things can happen, what what do you think could be a takeaway for for business owners or you know, innovators today who are trying to start something, who are trying to get in the same room with the right people, what, what lesson would you pass on? So I think that's like maybe the most critical thing that, that you could do for yourself, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you work, you know, at a, at a company as an employee, I mean, whatever the case, um, if you're not like learning from other people, I feel like you're not growing. And there are certain people who, who just frankly perform better than everyone else. And so I think if, if you are aiming to be like the top of your field or to be a high achiever yourself, like the only way to do that is to, is to see what other people are doing and, and to, I think, replicate in many ways uh, that. Learn, yeah, the learn the patterns. Because there are definitely patterns that come along with high performance and high achievement. And I don't know where this came from. I've heard lots of people say it, but you, they, they generally say that you're the average of the five people who you spend the most time with. And I think that that's really true. And so anytime you can, you know, change the group around you or, or surround yourself with uh, better people, I think it just naturally rubs off on you and raises your game. And so, you know, I've always just kind of made it a goal. Like how can I, 
how can I surround myself with better and better people so that I get better? Uh, you know, and how can I share those things that I'm learning with, with, you know, the other people around me? And I just think it's a huge, huge thing for us to do to, to have the success we want to in our personal lives and career. Yeah. You know, uh, we've got feedback from listeners that they like hearing the beginning parts of stories too. Like it's great now that you're hanging out with CEOs and flying to New York and San Francisco and doing all this cool stuff and eating at, you know, top rated restaurant in the whole North America or whatever. But what about like, you know, Ken back, back with zoom park and, uh, and your first startup and making mistakes back there. Tell us about, tell us about some of the more, uh, humble beginnings. Yeah, so uh, I started my first company in college. Uh, it was called Zoom Park. We did online parking reservations for events. So the basic idea was you go to a sporting event or a concert, you know, usually parking sucks, and, and it's a stressful, you know, part of that event. And so we were allowing people when they bought their event ticket to, you know, reserve a front row parking spot was kind of the idea. And, you know, I, I really had no idea how to run a company at all. Uh, I was just interested in entrepreneurship. I'd heard, you know, successful entrepreneurs come to to BYU where I was going to school and give lectures about the success they had and the, the difference they were making in the world. And I was really attracted to entrepreneurship and, and all the things that that could bring. And so this was just kind of an opportunity that I saw and, and jumped on because I wanted to get into that world. And... Um, you know, there's a lot of stories I guess I could dive into, but I, I made basically every mistake in the book. Um, you know, I, I raised some uh, some money from some people I probably shouldn't have. Kind of had a toxic partnership with R- Russian yeah. mafia. Uh, uh, it was no. I'll call it no, no. East Coast okay. mafia. It was some guys that were living on the East Coast hmm. and uh, had kind of a toxic business relationship with them, and and you know, didn't really have a full development team. And I didn't know a whole lot at the time about, you know, building any kind of technology and had never run a business before. And so, you know, really stumbled the whole way. And and in spite of that, uh, we still were able to have some success, uh, you know, raise some funds and and grow our business to, um, I think we were providing parking in like 18 different states and, and some of the biggest, you know, venues in the country. And so I think one of the big takeaways I had from that and, and kind of getting back to your question of how do you, how do you ultimately get in the same room as these people and, and get exposed to them? I think for me, it was just that I, I worked hard and kind of kept at it. Um, a lot of people ask me, you know, how do I start a business or how, you know, how do I meet these people? And really it comes down to successful people want to be around other successful people and people also like mentoring or helping people out too, but they want to know that you're doing something interesting. And so I think, um, you know, for me, it was just that I was, I had started, you know, the, the act of starting is such a huge step that if you just start working on stuff, serendipity kind of starts to happen and things start to fall into place and, and your effort gets, gets rewarded. And then smart people kind of start to take notice, like, Hey, here's this young guy, he's hungry. Um, he wants to make stuff happen. And, and so then when you reach out with a request or ask for some help, people are just so much more likely to, to kind of lend that hand because, you know, they, they often see them, you know, a previous version of themselves in you. And I think that kind of opens those doors initially, but that's kind of what to me. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, what about you, Trent? Coming from maybe a more traditional space where a lot of things are, are, you know, they're pretty formulaic about how stuff works and you're like inventing this company kind of out of nothing. Yeah. What, uh, and I will say this, the hospitality industry, you know, the, the Ritz Carlton's of the world set the bar so high, you know, people feel pretty entitled to complain mm-hmm. about 
a reservation of any type, yeah. right? Uh, what what were some of the what were some of the maybe the early stumbles or or the tough parts of keeping everybody happy or getting people where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there or like having this thing actually become successful? Um, probably the the early thing that still is persisting that we're trying to figure out is pricing. Pricing is one of the hardest things to figure out. We we started out we our very first trip we did was a trip to Seattle for five hundred and fifty dollars. That included hotel, all meals. We went to a Real Salt Lake versus Seattle Sounders. We went to Seattle Mariners game. And it was just like an impossibly small amount of money to work with. Um, so we were just we were just stressed about every single financial decision that we made. Um, and I, we, then and still now, we just, it's a, it's a stressful thing raising your prices and charging what, what you really probably deserve. Um, but starting at, out at such a low price point, like we just, it just didn't have any, the right feel to anything that we did. So, you know, we had a pretty small amount of people from that first trip that have returned, um, on previous trips. And, and I think the, I think the tendency is just to say, Oh, we're just starting out. We got it. We got to price this low just to get people in the door. And it's like, if you get people in the door with a bad, with a bad product, they're not going to come back, go back through that door again. Yeah, it is interesting setting the precedents, right? Um, versus like put the real price online and tell them they're getting a huge discount yeah. <laughs> or something, right? Um, well, okay. I will say this though: it isn't it so much about expectation, yeah. right? You know, I think I think for me it was twenty five hundred bucks on this New York trip where we all went together, and you know that's kind of ex- it seemed kind of expensive for a trip to New York until it was like including the box seats at the, at the Yankee game, including the, the restaurant. T- tell me what, I don't remember the, give me the pitch. Give me the New York pitch all over again. Let's do it online. <laughs> so, so the new, I mean, the New York pitch, the, the, the experience we were providing, I mean, we had a, uh, you know, a helicopter tour through, through the city. Um, we had Alex Bloomberg, who is, you know, well known as, uh, you know, the, He's a famous podcaster. He runs a company called Gimlet and, and produces one of the you know, most famous podcasts in the country. We had dinner at 11 Madison Park, which is the number one rated restaurant uh, in the United States. It's the number five rated restaurant in the world. Uh, we had box suites, uh, a private suite at, at the Yankee Stadium uh, for Yankees versus Red Sox. Um, we, we did... Um, had, had a big the Food Network Studios... Yeah, private tour food network studios. Um, so, so a lot. I mean, and then and then had several other speakers as well, um, who were involved in kind of entrepreneurship or the startup community uh, speak to us. So it was a, a fun trip and uh, definitely a lot going on. Well, and I feel like this is a little bit of your marketing genius on this. Is like when you start adding all that together, plus you get to go hang out with thirty other CEOs who you know are making at least a million bucks. You know what I mean? Like you've got that kind of, hey, I have this minimum bar of the kind of people we're going to be hanging out with. It's a much more like at home kind of conversation, right? Instead of those networking events where people are like trying to cram their business card in your hand and you're trying to figure out, is this person even for real, yeah. right? Yeah, there's there's definitely a huge, you know, the most valuable resource that everyone has is their time. And so everyone, especially if you're successful, everyone's very cautious about how they spend their time. And, and so there's, one, I mean, one of the biggest pieces of value we provide is we do sort of the, the due diligence or, or the screening of these people that come and, and, and people look to us 
you know, entrust us to, to, as someone who says this is something or these, this is someone who you should spend your time with. And so we do that initial vetting so that, um, you know, everyone that comes on the trip can be confident that, that it's time and money well spent and the, the value that they'll get out of that time and with that money will be, you know, have a, have a good ROI for them. Sure. So, and Trent, as you were thinking about curating these right from the beginning, um, do you have any advice for people who maybe like they're tempted to just let anybody come for the money, you know, if they're doing some sort of event versus like the, the patience to curate and the, like the self-control to not take the money if, if the person isn't the right fit. I mean, we all talk a good game about, I would never sell something I wouldn't believe in. You know, we, we all say stuff like this on our outside voices. And then sometimes like when the money's staring us in the face and it's so tempting, do you, do you have any like guidance for how you were able to, you know, stick to your guns on, on the curation? No, I, and I, I, starting out, I didn't stick to my guns. <laughs> that was, I think that was why, why I struggled to take off on the, you know, the first couple trips. Um, it's cause you know, I would, it, it's a tough thing finding, finding people that will, um, that will commit to, you know, spending three or four days out, out of the office. So, you know, I was like, Oh, let's charge as little as, as we can. And, and, um, you know, just take anyone who, who will say yes. And you, it, you really sacrifice quality in, in the event because the, the people like, you know, we, we don't advertise like this person's coming, this person's coming. We advertise the events, but really what makes these events really good is, is the people. So, you know, it's, it can be sacrificing that, um, you know, our product, which is, which is the quality of the people. That was, that was, uh, that was one of the big mistakes that we made. And I, th- I think, you know, as we've, as we've really focused on it, these past several trips, um, you know, where, where we, where we never filled up any, any of the trip, any of the first, first two or three trips. Um, you know, this one we had, we had more, uh, more people apply to come on the trip than we, um, than we had planned for. And so we were kind of sorting, sorting through people. So we had that, had that luxury versus, you know, versus before it was like, it was just like, Oh man, let's discount it. Let's, let's make sure that we get it, get people in, in any way that we can. So. Cause in, initially, initially yeah. you're, you know, we're trying to basically build our own brand name and credibility. And so when, when you're trying to sell, you know, successful people to come on your trip, cause there's going to be other cool people there. Uh, that trust isn't there at first because again, people really value their time and they want to make sure they're not, you know, getting into something that's not going to be worth it. And so, you know, I definitely think there was a, a period of time on the first few trips where uh, people were kind of feeling convoy out and seeing if it was worth it. And, and so that's kind of, you know, we've talked about that now as we've sort of built up our brand name and what the trip is about and who comes like, you know, now that we have this credibility, we, we've really got to be careful to protect that and make sure that, you know, that we are very selective about who comes so that it, it aligns with the, really the, what we promise people and, and the brand promise that we offer, uh, when people come on the trip. You know, I feel like we're almost beating a dead horse a bit, but I, I, it's like the Warren Buffett thing of it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to lose it. And I think, but I also think it's interesting, you know, you guys, I think it's smart that, um, you've got these interesting hooks, like, you know, somebody like me, I, the whole reason I came was to meet Alex Blumberg and you guys, you know, Trent called me and was like, Hey, what's going to make this trip a win for you. And like, I felt personally taken care of you guys put me at his table, you know, guy who's produced this American life and, and money matters. And his, you know, his episodes of startup are huge in the podcast world. And so for a guy like me, like this is a, 
this is not an opportunity I can get on my own, mm-hmm. right? But somebody like Scott, who's like so nuts about baseball, he was so stoked to be at that Yankees Red Sox game, <laughs> right? He's like, what are you guys all doing in there with the food? Don't you know there's a baseball <laughs> game out here? Right? And like, not that I didn't think that was fun. It was a cool event. Um, but uh, I, I did think it was smart that you had enough different aspects that people probably liked everything and loved something. Yeah. Is that, I imagine that's yeah, intentional. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, we try to have a diversity of, of I mean, because it's, a, it's a, the Venn diagram of people whose favorite thing is the Food Network and, and the, the Yankees, uh, you know, and baseball. That, that's a small Venn diagram. So we're not necessarily yeah. trying to hit the center of that. We're just trying to get, get as many of the, of the big parts of the circle as we can. So that's, you know, why we're doing baseball, Food Network, fine dining at, Fine dining for one meal, um, barbecue on um, on another meal, um, Thai food on the you know. So we're we're we we understand that that we're not going to ha- hit perfectly with everyone, but we need to have at least something that everyone comes comes back on the trip and says, "Man, this thing was was so awesome," and it, pretty much everyone we yeah. talk to is something different. Well, and P.S., how much better was Food Network than I thought it was going to be? Like, I, you know, it's not a channel I've tuned into in the past. And it was so fascinating to hear, like, how passionate she was about technology and what they do walking across the street over to Google and this kind of stuff, you know. And it, like, I wouldn't have necessarily, like, if there was options to do things, I don't know that I necessarily would have picked that one per se. But I'm, like, super glad that I had gone after, yeah, you know, sure. once we've been through it, right? Um, when you, When you think about this, like, one one other thing that I think is kind of interesting is um, today we've got everybody's trying to get attention. It's such a noisy economy. There's it's it's not you know people say it's not the information economy. It's the information overload economy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's more social media you can handle. There's more blog posts and podcast episodes and YouTube episodes and everything's in your face. And with it being digital, it's pretty cheap to push more out mm-hmm. on people. And you're seeing like conferences. Uh, you you would think, hey, you can get it digitally. Why would you fly across the country to go to a conference? But yet conferences are so popular. Look at Dreamforce. You look at Content Marketing Institute. You look at all sorts of industries where conferences are getting like bigger and bigger, yeah. right? And it's it's kind of like this craving for the human interaction or there's something that's not noisy about having a conversation with one person. Um, and it's kind of my long lead into, I kind of feel like you guys have invented like the anti-networking event, like networking 2.0. Like there was no time on the calendar for networking. It was <laughs> like, you guys had us doing all, the, I mean, we just were going from this place to that place doing this thing. And you like, you end up having like this very organic conversation walking from the barbecue place to the ping pong tournament, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And not planned networking. It's just, we all had to walk there. So you, who are you sit to, like, who are you walking next to? And you just naturally. Uh, it's talking, funny that right? you say anti-networking. Um, when, uh, when we were before we had as we were transitioning from the name tech ventures to to convoy we didn't we didn't have a name and so we just like all of our google docs was was just anti-networking um so that that definitely was was by design you know we we don't feel like real connections are made when when you're going to network um and so yeah it's funny that that you use that you use that phrase <laughs> well if if you had advice um if you had advice for people um, thinking about creating their own event like this, um, what would you, what would be your first piece of advice? Like what's the rookie mistake you see as other people try, try to get their first event going for their organization? 
Man, that's... Trent, you want to go for that one? Or oh Trent, no, sorry. I was just I was still thinking about your last question too, and kind of how it ties into that. Um, I think you're right on when you say that people crave experiences and they crave human interaction, and you know that's that's one thing that Trent and Michael and I are all very passionate about is is making those connections and and then sharing interesting ideas with each other and and creating those environments where people can can connect and share ideas and, and really bond. And that, and that doesn't happen at, you know, traditional networking events because people often come with an agenda, you know, time is limited. And so the real connection that you look to make with somebody, it's just, it's hard to happen. Whereas if you, if you have a shared experience together, um, there's like a bond that's created. that's like difficult to explain. And there's just a whole different level of trust that's created. And so, if you actually really need something then in the future, uh, people know that you're genuine, you know, often that you care about them and you have this shared experience that you can build on. And so, you know, how do you build a great event? Or if somebody was trying to think of it, I, I would just, in, you know, invite them to think about that. Like, how can you, what experience can you create for people that will help them, you know, connect with others or feel more alive or um, be memorable in some way? And then, um, you know, once you kind of have that North Star of, of the experience that you're trying to create, I feel like that really um, sets the course for the type of event you have and, and provides a level of clarity for you when you're actually planning the details of what that event should be. Yeah. We're going to cut off part one of the interview there in the interest of time. We've had feedback that people would rather have 20 to 30 minute episodes, so we're going to break the interviews in half. Please check back tomorrow for part two of the interview. And as always, come to iCollective.co for show notes. And to learn more about child rescue, go to the menu and, and look at our child rescue page and see if that's something that you'd like to get involved with. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for two ninety nine subs. How would you like it? Uh, I'll take Drill Sergeant, please. You got it. All right, now listen up. I want each and every one of you to drop and give me a six-inch meatball marinara, cold-cut combo, veggie delight, or black forest ham on your choice of bread with any veggies you want for just two ninety-nine each. Subway, make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied.